It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. T-Wolves, they dropped their first home game of the year to the Kings tonight. I got Wolves expert Tyler Metcalf to help me break it all down. And it's coming up next on the Locked On Wolves postcast. You are Locked On Wolves Postcast, part of Locked On Minnesota on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wolves lose their first inside the target center of the season, 124-111 of the Sacramento Kings. They fall to 11-4 on the year. What's happening, everybody? We're back in the lab, back at it. With another T-Wolves postcast episode right here on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. You got myself, Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. That's the man, Tyler Metcalf. He's on Twitter, at Team Metcalf 11. And Tyler, before we jump into all the action, quick reminder, tonight's postcast brought to us by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. All right, brother, let's just jump right into this one. Wolves come into this one 7-0 at home, best in the league heading in. More importantly, though, tonight they were 2-0 in the in-season tournament inside Group C. They squared off with the Kings. They were also 2-0 in Group C. So the winner of this one was going to clinch a spot in the next round. So it goes without saying, plenty to play for tonight. Before we get into all that, though, the individual stuff, just give me your biggest headline from this one, the biggest takeaways top of your head. I mean, the Kings just couldn't miss shooting almost 50% on 35 attempts from three. Insane. Uh, the fact that the Timberwolves were able to kind of keep it as close as they did um, was an impressive feat in its own right. And it was good to see them kind of keep battling back. It, you know, uh, easily could have folded in the second quarter, whittled that lead down to just a couple points. Uh, Kings built, built it back up again in the third. Timberwolves yet again fought back, still made a game of it, could never really get over that final hump to make a real game of it uh, down the stretch. But it was good to see them not completely cave in and completely uh, give up like we've seen them do so many times and even a couple times this year in their big blowout losses. So it, it was nice to actually see a competitive loss uh, for arguably the first time mm-hmm. this year. Um, so a lot to take away from it. Not the end of the world, um, but it, it was good to see them ha- have a, that competitive spirit throughout, despite not really um, having a chance to win for most of the game. Yeah, well said. I mean, that that lead was up to 22 at one point early in the game too, midway through the second. They slice it all the way down to like two or three points. Uh, and just real quick, by the way, Wednesday, I brought it up on Wednesday's show. Wednesday was the first time I really sat down and watched Tyrese Max. You remember we talked about that a little bit. He impressed me. Dude, Darian Fox. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm late on the train. I get it. Make fun of me in the comment section all you want. Um, the dunk he had, the top of the second quarter. The dude can just ball, man. Speed kills, and he's got it in spades. 41% of his shots are from three. He averages nine temps. Uh, from three land per game, put up 35 tonight. He's averaging the last five games like 35 points. And again, as far as just end-to-end speed goes, he's got to be in the top three in the NBA. Am I wrong on that? Like, what a fun matchup in the backcourt for fans of just NBA basketball tonight with Fox versus Edwards. That was dynamic to watch, if nothing else, tonight. Yeah, and he he's he took the a big leap last season, um, okay. but he's he's taken an even bigger one this year where – 
in the past. Uh, and he, the speed has always been his calling card, but now he's figured out how to play slow too. So when he can go from that, you know, 10 miles an hour up to 80 and the, and back down to 10 and the blink of an eye, it's so tough to defend. And now he's really found a shot. Um, in the past, defenders have been able to kind of go under screens on him and try and keep him in front of him. But they can't really do that anymore. He's shooting, you know, 40-ish percent was... 43% tonight uh, from three. So the fact that he's now able to just kind of pull up from three when guys go under the screens, when the extra pass swings around to him and he's able to knock it down off the catch, it's a huge development um, in his game and for that team and a real area where we really felt um, Jaden McDaniel's not on the floor. Yeah, no, that's a good point. We'll get into that a little bit. And again, Fox, like, he just doesn't look physically imposing. He's not that big. But as far as just pure athletes go, yeah. again, he, he's he got to be one of the most elite in the entire league. Uh, you mentioned it, Kings three-pointers. That's the story of the game. They come in averaging 14 a game. Well, they had 14 at half. So what were you seeing as far as, I don't know, why they were able to get so open and cash in on so many deep buckets tonight. And I guess why I'm asking that is because I'm curious if we should be worried about as good as the Wolves defense has been, if the way they like to defend with the bigger lineup leaves them, I guess, more susceptible to being a step or two behind if an offense is moving the ball around like the Kings were tonight. Is that an overreaction or what's your two cents on that? No, I, I definitely think it's something worthy of note. Um Three point luck has definitely been in the in the Timberwolves' favor early in the year, but even when you know adjusted for that, they're still like a top five, top six defense. So the the whole process is very real for them. Um, what we saw tonight was one how the lack of defensive rebounding can really kill them because when they give up those offensive rebounds and the ball kicks back out, guys are mismatched. They're not communicating on switches, who's supposed to close out. And that's where a lot of the Kings early wide open looks came from. Uh, so they were able to get in a rhythm right away, uh, right off the bat. And then screen navigation tonight was just brutal. And the, the issue with that is that especially against teams who have a really dynamic pick and roll combo and a big man who can pass like Sabonis can, they're just able to get into their spots in the mid range point of attack defender gets hung up on the screen. Now they're in a two on one situation going downhill that forces the weak side rotations from guys like Conley and Anthony Edwards out of the corners. And that's where you start seeing the ball zipper on the floor and leading to more wide open threes. So the, the lack of defensive consistent defensive rebounding tonight combined with the issues getting around screens um, really just set the Kings up for a lot of, really good looks early and everyone on this team was able to kind of get in their rhythm right off the bat. Yeah. And just to echo that and just one more follow-up, like how do you make an offense play within side of the arc, right? And play to your strengths. If you're the wolves and Chris Fitch, does that come back to just what you just said? Rebounds, the screen navigation, things like that, because I mean, everybody saw it tonight. I'll admit it. I mean, some of it was just bad defense for mm -hmm. sure, but most of it was just at least in the first half for sure was absolutely just just a shooting clinic from the Kings tonight. I mean, they were red hot. They couldn't miss. Yeah, and being able to secure that defensive rebound right okay. off the bat and sure. not giving up the, you know, scramble situations and all that is the easiest way to do it. And when you have two seven-footers on the floor for most of the game, they should be better at it uh, than they are. But, you know, Anthony Edwards is a, is a big um, – you know, he, he falls victim to ball watching and not mm -hmm. boxing out and, you know, being a second or two late on 
processing where he needs to then close out to. Um, so, you know, that that's the big one. And tonight we really saw the, the impact of not having Jaden get over those screens because when a guy like Fox has smaller guys like Nikhil or Mike Conley on his back, that's a lot easier to kind of shield off and then dispatch of and not be bothered by as opposed to a 6'10", Jaden McDaniels with his length and ability to kind of contest from anywhere on the court, no matter if he's on the guy's back or in front of them. Yeah, well said. So I guess knowing all that, then when you wake up tomorrow morning and you think about this one, the dust is settling here. Did the Wolves lose that game or did the Kings win? Because there were stretches. It just didn't seem like the Wolves had any answers for the Kings shooting spree tonight anyways. Yeah, and it it felt like the Kings played their game. I think they, you know, I, I, they 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 earned that win. Um, it's none of it really felt fluky on their end. It didn't, you know. Yeah, Kessler Edwards got hot and had a season high by halftime, so that was a little unusual. But mm-hmm. you know, they also didn't have Keegan Murray playing, and Kessler Edwards took Keegan Murray's minutes, and Keegan Murray's a su- significantly better shooter. So it's like. They kind of balanced out, um, if not, you know, maybe they even have more if Keegan's in that spot instead. Um, but Timberwolves threw a lot of really golden opportunities away with a bunch of lazy turnovers. Um, there were a handful of opportunities in the second half when they were trying to get out and run in transition to get an easy bucket, and they just threw it into the stands. Um, and a lot of the shot selection in the kind of early fourth quarter, it got a little panicky and guys kind of started reverting to a little bit of hero ball. Um, And when those shots aren't falling, offense tends to look really bad. Yeah, well said. I mean, it was just a three ball tonight. It feels like Kings were 17 to 35. That made it just so tough to catch up. Even when the Wolves, you saw it, were putting together good stretches of scoring. Um, They brought this up on the broadcast. Wanted to ask you the same. Who's the Wolves' third scorer right now? And do they need more from that guy? Because, I mean... You and I both know on any given night, you can get Rudy or Conley to mess around and put up double digits for sure. But is it fair to say that they don't have that third guy they can lean on and count on to be that consistent threat with the ball right now? Yeah, and it's a pretty big gaping hole um, in their their roster right now. And and we've seen that a lot with the second unit when both Cat and Ant are off the floor. There's really no one out there who can go out there and consistently get their own shot. Um, you know, they're decent shooters or decent scorers like Mike Conley and Nas Reed. Um, but those are guys who need others to set them up for a bucket. And they don't have that right now. I think the hope is by the end of the season, Jaden really emerges into that role and is able to do a little more kind of self-creation stuff, a little more consistent scoring. Um, But like you said, they have a handful of guys who can occasionally go off for 10 to 18 points, but they don't have that third guy who's like guaranteed to hit that mark. And it's a big glaring, glaring hole in their roster. Yeah, obviously, Ant and Cat. I mean, what they've done has been pretty special. Those two obviously set the tone. Ant coming in to tonight, this game, 366 points through the first 14 games, second in franchise history, behind only Cat, who did that just a few years ago. Only behind him by three points, by the way, too. But that combo has averaged nearly 50 points a game, 15 boards, eight assists, three steals. I mean, that's the catalyst right there. But like you said, having that third consistent scorer show up would just be 
awfully nice to compliment things just overall in the big picture. Um, I want to ask you about this team, uh, not just in the in-season tournament, but just kind of big picture moving forward here. But first, I got a quick word from our sponsors over at Game Time. Quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by Game Time because you should never have to worry when buying tickets to any big event. That's why Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets to any local event, concerts, comedy shows, sporting events, even Broadway theater, and with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Personally for me, I love that view from the seat feature they offer so I can get a a real look, an accurate visual on where my seats are going to be so I know exactly what to expect before spending all that money. And with their all-in prices, GameTime shows you exactly how much you're spending with no hidden fees. It's time to take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app and see for yourself how easy it is. Just create an account. Use the code. Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, just create any new account and redeem your code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Game Time terms apply. All right, let's talk Ant just for two quick minutes here because even in a tough loss like that, Dude got to share highlights in two phenomenal blocks, almost as a sports center top 10 dunk that just kind of rimmed out. He was fouled on that one. Finishes the game with over 30 points once again. Big picture, who's the last guy you remember to transition this smoothly and easy, I guess, from college to the pros like this? Like only 22 years old, and yet everything he does when you watch him, it just looks so smooth right now. He He's dangerous everywhere, and he looks... So effortless, I guess, is the best word I can use doing everything he does in almost every phase of the game right now. Yeah, I mean, the the easy one, and it's the kind of comp that he always got coming out of college and what people hoped he would go into is Dwayne Wade. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's those are lofty goals because Dwayne Wade was a hell of a player. Um, but there's a lot of that in his game, that freakish athleticism, that ability to get to the rim whenever he wants, um, just that that fluidity kind of knifing the, his way through the paint. Um, the shooting kind of comes and goes, and it's a better shooter than Wade ever was. Um, then now we're seeing Ant kind of pick up the defensive end, pick up stuff on the defensive end of the court too. So, you know, it, it, it's tough and I, I i don't mean to come across as lazy going back to the the most common one used nope, for him but that, there, there are a lot of there are a lot of similarities um and if i mean if he really gets to Dwayne wade's level that we're talking mvp candidate we're talking finals mvp candidate that's really really impressive and, and i gotta ask you just because all right we're on the ant topic because it made headlines this week i don't know if you saw it or heard it he wants to win a chip here in minnesota with the wolves and then he's going to go try his luck in the NFL. And, and dude, 99.9% of people, that would be a joke. Yeah. But for a dude like him, uh, it's kind of like, okay, obviously <laughs> not going to happen. But, like, I guess never say never. I'm not going to say he would be the best to do it because they brought this up in the pregame show. Charlie Ward won the Heisman Trophy. He was drafted in the NFL Florida State quarterback in the early 90s. Go look him up. But how about currently in the NBA who do you think Ant would have, or, or I guess who would have a smoother transition to the NFL from the NBA over Ant? Like who could be a potential stud if they ever switched over from football 
or excuse me, from the NBA to football. What do you think on that? Oh, I mean, LeBron's obviously the easy one. A, a little old now, little past his prime, but sure. pri- prime LeBron, he would have been a problem at tight end or uh, w- wide receiver. Um, oh boy, God, that's fun. I mean, we one of the guys we saw tonight. I, I'd love to see Darren Fox back there playing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Ha- have him run a little read option. He hits that edge. He's gone. Good luck catching. Yeah, him. little wildcat formation yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he he's. Got really impressive passing vision on the basketball court. It would be curious to see if that translated to uh, the gridiron as well. Yeah, you brought up LeBron. That's, I mean, that's the first one I think of. I assume <laughs> that's the first one everybody thinks of yeah. at that size six foot seven, six foot eight, uh, 260, 270, whatever. And that dude would have been a top 10 pick as a tight end, yeah. would have given Travis Kelsey a run for his money as the best tight end of this era. I can't say generation because. Rob Gronkowski always just sticks out to me, but still, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's pretty hilarious that we're even having this conversation. <laughs> the fact that Ant has that type of not only athletic ability, but personality, right? The gene to even have that on his mind tells you his mindset when it comes to having that again, competitive mindset, no matter what he's doing. Um, let's jump back to the, uh, the in-season tourney situation. Both these teams in Group C, both 2-0 and coming in. Kings obviously a game ahead now after tonight. A win would have guaranteed the Wolves a spot in the next round. Now what needs to happen looking forward? Because of the three Western Conference divisions, only one wild card. Correct me if I'm wrong, but only one wild card. So now they're fighting with uh, the Phoenix Suns, the Denver Nuggets, if I'm not mistaken, with one game to play left, again, for that last wild card spot. Yeah, and they they have to win out, and they have to run up the score. Um, so I think they came because that's this, the tiebreaker, correct? The point differential, yeah, correct. Yeah, so I believe they came into this game uh, plus ten in point differential, lost by thirteen tonight. So, you know, they're two and one, which is great, but mm-hmm. now in the negative in terms of point differential. Um, you know, you, you saw De'Aaron Fox take the layup at the last second. You know, that wasn't a disrespectful thing. That was a hey, this is a tiebreaker, true. and that's it, it's gamesmanship. So, you know. Don't don't get up in arms about that. Um, but yeah, they, they got blow out their last couple games uh, in the in-season tournament and win by a lot. So hopefully shots are falling. Hopefully they don't take the, uh, you know, their, their foot off the, the gas pedal. And it's not a disrespect thing. And if you view it that way, then play defense, stop them. But they got to run up the score and win by a whole lot. No, you're right. And Wolves' last regular season in-season tournament game comes on Tuesday night. That's first the Thunder. That game's at home, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more clarity around the entire situation once we get there. Still a lot of basketball left to be played. Hey, do you think this in-season tourney will become more respected than the All-Star tournament? Or is it already even just, what, three games in? I know it's still new. Uh, I know we haven't really seen it play out yet or really gotten a feel for it. But do you think when we get to the same point next year, people will be more jacked up for this as opposed to something like the all-star week. I think so. Um, I, I think the level of competitiveness in these games has been really good. I think having, you know, the point differential be that tiebreaker has kind of ensured that teams keep playing through the end and don't just kind of pull their guys out early and just kind of accept the law, a blowout loss for what it is. Um, and at the end of the day, all of these guys are crazy competitors. And if you put something in front of them, that means they can win something. Everyone likes winning trophies. Everyone likes winning things and championships and titles and all of that. So if you give them that opportunity, plus, you know, a little 500K bonus check. No big deal. They, they're yeah. going to compete for it. So I, I think they've done a good job of making these games feel like 
a separate event um, with the jerseys, with the courts. Some of the courts are really brutal. Some are better, but it's, it stands out. It's something different. And I think these kind of playoff-esque games in Vegas are going to be fun. I think they're going to have a ton of production value that goes into it. And whenever we get something new for the first time, like we had with the play-in tournament, there's always skepticism. There's always, oh, this is stupid. This isn't going to work. It's like, well, let's try it. And, you know, teams who have never historically won anything, if they're fighting for this, they're going to be pumped to win it. Um, It's going to be able to a way for teams to kind of instill culture the, you know, they're always playing for something. Um, And then, you know, a team, an actual title contender say they win it, they win that and the NBA title. Now they've doubled up on championships. Uh, They, you know, they pulled off the double and that's when, you know, the whole arguments of, oh, is this the best team we've ever seen are going to start, which will just be a whole, whole new slew of, you know, talk show oh, hit points. Yeah, because we need more of that, too. Yeah, exactly. We need more of that. No, that was very well articulated. I couldn't agree more. Just to echo you. You know these guys are going to play hard during the regular season, whereas an all-star game, you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes yeah. you do, but you just never know. So this tourney is a far more competitive environment, I think, and brings a lot more intensity, in my opinion, anyways, for sure. We'll see how it all plays out. A couple more quickies to close here right after a quick word from FanDuel. Quick reminder, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers, check this out, get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line wager. That means all you got to do is find the best money line bet you like, you wager five bucks, you win that bet, you're getting $150 in bonus bets back. So, If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, no better time to get in on all the action. The app, it's so easy to use, and they got everything you need. Money lines, parlays, prop bets, you name it, they got it. FanDuel's got everything you need to bet on the entire NBA season, and it's by far the easiest and simplest betting app to use. Go check it out for yourself. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today. America's number one sportsbook, FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. Uh, last couple before we wrap up here. This is a little easier to say after a loss, but I had this one written down coming into this one. Again, 11-3 and record, 7-0 at home. You got to remember, too, Wolves fans have never seen a, a start like this. I, I mean, just quite literally, right? Um, but are the Wolves playing their best basketball yet? I mean, is that kind of a hot take to say that no, they're not? And, and if no, what do you think needs to happen or what are you looking for that they could still some areas to improve on i i, I feel like it's probably close-ish to their best basketball just given how consistent the defense is, has mm-hmm. been but we're still seeing these kind of rough patches with the offense with the shot selection the turnovers um and the lack of that kind of guaranteed third scorer like we talked about earlier so i i think there's still a ton of room for growth on the offensive end and if those if you know the role players ever kind of find their groove from outside because the the three-point shot just hasn't been there consistently for this team at all and if or when they find that that's when i think things are gonna really start kind of taking it to the next level uh defensively though this is probably the best it's gonna get and you know that's a top five defense in the league so not not much to complain about there yeah, and I mean, hey, they're playing without Jaden McDaniels for a stretch. Once again, you get him back. 
You get other guys to full strength, Jordan McLaughlin, a few others there. And I think we've gotten spurts here, haven't we? When it's all come together, it's yeah. been scary to watch in a good way. Like even Cat, think about Cat. He played okay the first six games of the season. Didn't play bad. He, he played fine. But mm-hmm. I think if Cat can continue to maximize the offensive talent with Ant doing what he does on a nightly basis and everyone starts playing together even more so, this could be legitimately one of the best Wolf seasons T-Wolves fans have ever seen. Uh, I forgot to ask you this the other night, so I wanted to just bring it up real quick. I saw before the Sixers game, they recalled Wendell Moore and Leonard Miller from the G League. So they're up. They're ready to roll. They're on the bench. Quick thoughts on those two, what you see their roles being throughout the rest of the season, if anything. Will either guy be a factor or see the court at all in your estimation? I I wouldn't hold my breath on them yeah. getting minutes necessarily. Um you know, aside from the occasional absolute blowout win. But I, I think Finch has been pretty consistent with keeping the main guys in pretty late in games and making sure that they get in the habit of closing out those big leads and not letting things slip, you know, in the final five minutes. Um, I, I think Leonard Miller would be the more likely to get minutes um, down the stretch and it'll be really interesting to see how they kind of try to bring him along he's still super raw but the energy he plays with is incredible uh really active rebounder so you know maybe down the later in the season could be someone to help out in that area um but again still super raw especially defensively ton of potential the potential with him is through the roof and you know i i would imagine they're going to try and groom him into a kyle anderson type player um but if the shot really comes around a little more consistently if the defensive processing and decision making and positioning and all that kind of stuff uh comes around consistently it wouldn't shock me if he really kind of emerges um a little more down down the stretch still think he's probably more of a next year guy and you know Wendell Moore, it he just he struggled to kind of make Finch give him minutes, and he's mm-hmm. gotten a handful of opportunities. And on a team that still has a lot of questions around that backup point guard spot, he hasn't helped in terms of answering any of them. So I'm I'm a little more optimistic with Miller than Moore. Yeah, and my follow up was going to be who's got the higher ceiling of the two? Who's shown more promise? Because I know you watch a ton of tape on both these guys coming out, followed their journeys in the G League. Um, obviously, rest assured, I think it goes without saying now after that response, very well done, by the way. I think Leonard Miller's the guy fans should be a little Correct. bit more excited about for sure. Um, you like that blue court tonight or what? I- I've seen the red court a few times. Ooh. Never seen the blue. Didn't love the red either, by the way. A little bit too yeah. much on the eyes to stare at that for three hours. Blue I can handle. I'm not going to say I'm in love with it, though. Yeah, the the red was awful. Uh, I think it was the, the Bulls and the Heat ones um, should be outlawed. Uh <laughs> This one, I, th- I thought it was solid. Um, it, I think the softer tones were were a little better. Uh, there have been some more aggressive, darker blues that uh, take a little more adjusting to, but I, I, th- I thought this one was okay. Anything happened over the last 48 hours since the last time we talked in the Western Conference that kind of stuck out to you? I always like to pick your brain right at the end here. Anything new, anything kind of percolating in the top of your mind just as far as where the Wolves are at and anything going on in the West right now being kind of shaken up, I guess? Yeah, Dallas continues to play a lot better than I thought they were. I thought they were really going to struggle, but, you know, when you have a guy like Luka, your floor is, you know, only so high. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, a guy like Derek Lively, who I I think is – ton of potential incredible defender he's really kind of clicking into gear a lot quicker than i thought he was going to he's kind of avoided a lot of those 
early season rookie struggles um, and playing with Luca in that really kind of simplified role and just doing his job, which is rim run, offensive rebound, defensive rebound, and protect the rim. He's he's been really good. So D- Dallas has definitely been kind of a uh, a pleasant surprise in terms of the quality that they're playing with. Yeah, definitely. Well said and, and well done tonight. As always, always love picking your brain for 25, 30 minutes. You're an elite NBA mind. Wolves get handed their first loss at home tonight versus the Kings, 124-111. They moved to 11-4 and four on the season. Now they got to hope they can sneak into the wild card in this next round of this in-season tourney. Huge shout out to everyone who joined us in the postcast tonight. Rest assured we'll be back each and every game, same time, same place, right here to break it all down. And quick reminder as well, go check out all Tyler's work on Twitter, at Team Metcalf 11. That's going to do it for us tonight, though. Next on deck, it's the Grizzlies. It's this Sunday, and it's at 5 o'clock p.m. tip-off Central Standard Time. Join us again right here for the entire recap and follow all our work over at the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. And last one, I promise, if you haven't already, go check out Ben Beacon over at the Lockdown Wolves podcast as well. He's Tyler Metcalf. I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Until next time, signing out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.